0: Well, good morning. Man, it's good to be here. Lake Charles strong. Enterprise Boulevard strong. You know, when we started putting together this latest issue of the Magnolia Messenger, I told them immediately, I want a two-page spread about Enterprise Boulevard. What you all have gone through uh, is unbelievable, and uh, I wanted uh, our readers to know about that. And you have really been an inspiration, I think, to our brotherhood and what all you have done and how well you have done it and hung in there. And so I wanted to be here today just to, just to, to see you and just to uh, uh, get the, the great uh, uh, vibes that you are giving off to, uh, to everyone that comes here. It, it's just amazing what you've gone through. I'll have to tell you, when I came into town yesterday, I, I got off up here and, and began to come down and actually turned and went through a few neighborhoods and came by the church building here and then made it over to uh, a, a butcher's uh, house. And the time I got over there, uh, first of all, it was harder for me to find you know, the right places to turn because your city's changed so much, buildings that were there aren't there anymore, and trees and, and things and the debris. And I'll tell you, it was kind of emotional. I, by the time I got to Butches, I, I kind of had tears in my eyes. I mean, this, you've been hit hard, and yet you've uh, come back strong. And I'm uh, really uh, just a joy to be with you today. And, and uh, it was a, a privilege to be able to uh, tell others um, through the Magnolia Messenger, what you've been through. And by the way, Bud, thank you for uh, helping me uh, uh, in uh, writing those articles. I had to go back and forth. And, no, Bud, this isn't exactly what I want. Give me this. And he, he did a great job. And I, I appreciate him uh, 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 telling your story here. And it's really been uh, wonderful. Second reason I wanted to come was that I wanted to just to, to look you in the face after, uh, I don't know, eight or ten years that you have supported me and my work in Tunica and just say thank you. As most of you probably know, if, if you don't, uh, last Sunday was my last Sunday in Tunica. Uh, we uh, have kind of come to the end of, of that work. The Lord uh, opened up some other opportunities and, and doors for us. And we just felt like it was his way of saying it was kind of time to, uh, to move on. We leave a church in Tunica that's um, uh, uh, young and vibrant and growing and uh, is in great shape. And they're going to do fine. And to a great extent, that is because of uh, churches like you that help support me. Uh, it's been, uh, it been quite an um, interesting thing to live on outside support now for 14 years. You kind of lose supporters and you gain some, but you all have, have stuck with me. Uh, at times, even increasing your support. I appreciate the elders here, your mission people. Uh, and I just wanted to say thank you. I know, uh, for the most part, you don't think a lot about supporting me. You know that you do, and uh, uh, perhaps it's mentioned occasionally, but uh, you don't know about the checks coming. Every, but for me, every month, I go to that post office box, and there is your check. And every month, you encourage me. You encouraged me to keep up uh, the work, and and I just can't tell you what uh, everyone that supported us, churches and individuals o- over these 14 years, what it has meant to carry on in kind of a, a difficult field, difficult work, but uh, I'm happy at the work we've done. Uh, we've come to a, a new, some new opportunities for us, but I, I wanted to come here just to say thank you, and so thank you from... There'll always be a, a piece of my heart in Tunica, and there's always be a place in my heart for Enterprise Boulevard. You, you've meant so much to me, and I love coming here. I really do. It's always a joy. Uh, first time I came was to hold a, a, I got to know many of these, uh, some some of you through the RV rallies, and then got to come here to hold a meeting. And it's just been a wonderful experience. And I hope that I get to come back and see you occasionally. And so uh, when I, I left Tunica, the first thing I wanted to do was come here. I knew you all were you know, still cleaning up. I knew you didn't have a preacher yet. And I wanted to come and be at least a little bit of help and encouragement to you as I possibly could. Uh, this is um, uh, kind of unique to me. I, I'm not into all of this technology in Tunica. I have a whiteboard. I have a whiteboard, and that's kind of the limit of my technology, so... This is the first PowerPoint presentation that I've tried to do, and so we're going to see if this uh, uh, works out as uh, we get into our lesson today. Let me tell you while he's uh, booting that up about this sermon. I didn't have to think at all about what to preach when I came uh, on the first Sunday, and here's why I have preached this same sermon on the first Sunday of every year. For 20 years. Now that that means that this is because this topic is so important, I think for any congregation to just kind of be reminded of every year of this topic, and so I've preached all 14 years at Tunica. Every first Sunday of the year, I preach this same sermon. I should know it pretty well by now, but I'll have to look at a note or two occasionally. But, and I want you to know this. I'm not preaching to you. You pretty well have what we're going to talk about. I'm preaching for you to remind you of how important this topic is. So that you'll always know right at the first of the year that the eldership will put, as they begin to think of the plans for this year right at the top, they're going to have this topic. And to know what this topic, how important this topic is. Many years ago, Ira North wrote a book right before he he passed away. Brother North, as many of you may know, was the uh, longtime minister for the Madison Church of Christ in Nashville, Tennessee, was the largest uh, uh, church uh, congregation among us for many years, over 2,000 members, and still is a very large congregation. And uh, he wrote this book called Balance, a small book about church growth. And I've pretty well stolen uh, most of this that I'm going to share with you. Most of that I've kind of stolen from, from this chapter uh, in, uh, in that book because I just felt like always when I read that, that's what I want to preach about. Uh, he has a chapter in that uh, book called The, the uh, uh, Golden Key to Church Growth, and that's what we want to talk about a little bit uh, uh, this morning. Now, I'm going to see if this is going to work. That's amazing. It's amazing. This comes from our reading here in Ephesians chapter 3, and I appreciate uh, the good reading uh, this morning. And it says here, uh, in in encouraging the church in uh, Ephesus, he says in verse 4, I implore you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Then he says here to be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. I want us to talk about the importance of church unity. Uh, here, Notice here this passage. He says, be diligent. This is something that you you got to just keep at and keep at and keep at and be diligent in doing it. It's not something that's going to come always be easy, but uh, he says here to be diligent. You're going to, to give effort toward this, to preserve. This is something that you've got to preserve. You've got to keep it fresh. That you've got to keep it new. That you've got to keep it uh, a present. We preserve things so that they do not spoil or ruin. Because once something ruined, you can't get it back to fresh. So you want to preserve this so that, so that this unity is never spoiled or ruined. You want to make sure that that does not happen and we'll see why here in a little bit. To preserve here the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The unity of the Spirit. The Spirit is one. The Spirit, of course, is that great part of the Deity. The Spirit which gave us the Word. And it is one united story that the Spirit tells us. And so everything about this unity that is spoken of here has a oneness to it. As you saw in the reading there. Uh, There is but one body. One Spirit. One hope. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. One God. And Father of all. The oneness The the unity here, Uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they were all united in this great scheme of redemption. They were united in it, and they each did their part. And in this um, great effort that we have to uh, live our lives as a Christian, we uh, recognize this, this oneness nature of the Lord's church. There is a great oneness nature here. Uh, there is not a, a, a lot of pluralities. There is this oneness. And we are to do everything that we can to preserve that, that unity, that oneness that is to exist in this thing that we call and know of as a New Testament uh, Christianity. And so we need that, that, that oneness, that importance of that uh, oneness of Christ. The number one goal of any church at the beginning of any year is to keep the unity within the congregation. This is so important that we all maintain that oneness, that we all maintain that, that unity among us. Uh, the epistle of 1st John, it's all about, let's, we've got to love one another. With, with that agape love, that love of God, we've got to to care for our brother. And, and you cannot, as John says, you can't hate your brother and, and love God. You can't do that. There is the, this importance, the, the number one resolution... To, on the board of every eldership across this land is to make sure that we, whatever it takes, we maintain unity within the congregation. And the number one resolution of every Christian in every congregation should be, I want to help preserve the unity within our congregation. Just look and think a little bit about how important unity is. The number one problem in the world today is what? Well, the failure to live together in in harmony. Just look around at this world that we live in today, and you see a lot of uh, division and wars and fighting. I mean, look at the, the Mideast and the, the issues that uh, are going on in the Mideast, and Iraq and Iran, and on me, we get so... Uh, uh, it just keeps going there. You look over into... China's fighting against Hong Kong and all of that issue that's going on. And we go over in London just broke away from the European Union and all that uh, infighting that's going on. Everywhere you look, there's, a, there's this uh, a fussing and fighting and wars, and, and it's, uh, it's mind-boggling in, in the world today just how uh, sad that is. And even in our own nation, I mean, look at our, our country. We are becoming less and less united. Uh, we see all kind of, of, of division even within our own, own nation and how, how unpleasant, how nasty that is and none of us, are, well, we just want, we want to live in peace and in harmony and yet that doesn't happen sadly. The number one problem in our home today and across this land is what? Well, the inability of mom and dad to learn how to live together And so we have divorce rates that have always been high in uh, this nation in uh, the recent few decades. So uh, you have uh, that uh, lack of unity within the home. And so uh, uh, mom and dad uh, can't figure out how to live together in unity. And so one goes one way and one goes the other. and, And the kids are pulled back and forth. Or in uh, this country, many kids are born without a home of a mother and a father. And so there's that disunity, that dysfunction that affects uh, this nation in all kinds of ways. And so, what a huge problem that we face in our families and just keeping that, maintaining that, that unity that, uh, to, so that these uh, children can grow up in peace and, and harmony. And so, that's, as we see, is such an important, important thing. And so then, we can easily say that the number one problem in local congregations today is in keeping the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. As a young boy growing up, I grew up in St. Petersburg, Florida, a great congregation the Pinellas Park uh, Church. And in uh, uh, middle Florida and all through Florida when I was growing up, there was a movement that developed, that began to cause a great deal of division for church. uh, Many churches divided over this issue of, it was called, cooperation issue. Whether or not a church could uh, support someone like me up in uh, Tunica, many came up with this crazy idea that churches could not do that. Or they couldn't support an orphan home or a children's home. They couldn't support a Christian college. Uh, And uh, uh, this uh, uh, anti-cooperation movement began to spread in uh, our part of uh, the state. And as a a young boy, I know that almost uh, every congregation or many of them around us divided, had divisions over that issue. Our congregation did not. And I was blessed to grow up in a church that had that unity, that love for one another, that did not have those kind of infighting and those kind of uh, nasty kind of things that that happened. And and as, uh, you know, I've kept up with a lot of my childhood friends from church, and we all talk about how blessed we were, how blessed we were to live and to grow up in such a wonderful congregation of people that, that truly loved one another. It was just a great place to grow up. I'm glad I wasn't in one of those congregations that had that fighting and that fussing and then that division. Yeah, how important it is that we uh, keep together and have this the, the the power of unity that we have uh, within uh, the church, and how important it is that we uh, have that um, that unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. How important it is that we. Strive in every way that we can to understand that and to have that. Um, I want to read here from just a couple pages over from our reading in Ephesians to Philippians chapter 2. Here in Philippians 2, notice here uh, what he is saying here about uh, along the same lines. It says, therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in Spirit, intent on one purpose, doing nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourself. This is how we maintain the unity of the spirit. It begins with that desire to maintain unity at all cost, And then the importance then of, uh, not, uh, of how you look at yourself and the kind of uh, a spirit you have maintaining this love, this this uh, unity of spirit, doing nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. These are things that we have to do to, in order to maintain this unity of the spirit among ourselves. Brother uh, North, in his congregation and in this uh, chapter, he writes about he tells a story about something that he uh, 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 does. And, and he says in there, he says, says, I used to think as a young man that, that a church that had a, a, a squabble and a, a division, that it would take that congregation 50 years to overcome that, to get back. But he says now, as I've seen this, he says, I know now that no, a congregation will never ever really get over a division. That, that these animosities many times are, are, are kind of handed down generation to generation. And, and so the tragedy of, of uh, this kind of division is that, that like the bird with a broken wing, uh, it, the congregation never soars quite as high again. It, it's almost a death blow to a congregation when you lose this kind of unity and this importance. So then, Brother uh, North, he says something that he does he says there's something that I like to do here at Madison from time to time I call all the young people in the congregation to come down and sit in the first couple of rows and do a little thing with them and then I look out at the congregation and he says I say something like this to them today we assemble in great joy and great happiness and in an atmosphere of tremendous goodwill and Christian love. This congregation has never had a fuss. It has never had a split. It's never had a division. We've always preached and practiced the love of Christ, and we love one another. The beauty of this piece is so wonderful that it surpasses understanding. And God forbid that anything should happen to it. But if anything should happen to it, and that we had a church fuss or a split or a division, he says, the little children sitting here on these front seats would never live long enough to see and experience all that we are seeing and experiencing now. The tragedy of division is that it's, um, it's almost beyond words. It's almost beyond words. I went to school out in Preston Road in Dallas, Texas, and uh, uh, Eldred Stevens, I remember something that he told us, a young preacher boys. He said, gentlemen, and speaking about division and church squabbles, he said, I... I would crawl out of town on my hands and my knees before I had anything to do with a church division. And so uh, we have to understand that that what no matter what struggles we go through, no matter what th- things that we have to deal with, our first number one concern is to make sure that we maintain, that we work those things out and we come out of it uh, loving one another, and in a complete uh, a unity of the Spirit. Uh, because without that, we will certainly be uh, struggling in uh, untold ways. Unity, like life, is precious and delicate. How do we preserve it? Well, we, I don't think, I see, yeah, there you go, looky there. What Robin did. Good job, Robin, on these slides. Uh, thank you for doing these. It takes absolute commitment to keep this unity of the spirit. It takes absolute commitment. Um, I think. Uh, um, you got to support your leadership. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Elders may not always be right, but they will always be your elders. And they're doing the very best job that they can. I'm telling you, I don't know how elders have dealt with across this country, this pandemic. I mean, elders have had their hands full. And they've had to figure out how to put together a worship service, how to put together communion service, how to uh, put together a, a means of collecting uh, and keeping churches going on sometimes uh, limited budgets now. Uh, elders have had their hands full. And they may not have made a, a every decision uh, right. And they may not made every decision that the members in the pews agreed with. But I'm telling you, they are your elders And they're doing the very best that they can. And your job is to unite behind them and say, good job. You're worthy of double honor. You're coming to those meetings. You're trying to hash out these problems. God bless these elders. God bless your elders here. It's not easy figuring all this out. And I don't know how these elders have done it here in the midst of then two hurricanes throwing that in the middle middle of this pandemic. uh, you got a city turned upside down and you got 18 wheelers parked out here around one another and you're trying to help. Man, alive. Obey your, your elders. And you may not always agree with everything that they have, every decision they make, but God bless them, they're your elders. And we're taught to obey and honor those men and respect what they're trying to do. They're just, <laughs> they're doing the very best that they can. They really are. They're kind of like that duck, you know, sitting on the lake, moving so smoothly, you know, but underneath they're padding like crazy. And it, it's not easy, I, I, assure, I assure you it's not easy. And in the middle of this, of course, then you don't have a preacher. Now, if you had a preacher, that'd solve all your problems, right? Yeah, well, we preachers are, of course, able to solve all the problems, don't you know that? But uh, uh, support your leadership. Love your brothers. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. First and foremost, whatever the issue is, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Oh my goodness. You know... I remember when those friends came to Job when he was in all of his misery and he's sitting there, you know, boiled, sitting in a bed of hot ashes, scraping himself. And they came at him, pointing his fingers, telling them, telling him uh, all the reasons why all this happened to him, giving him all the reasons for it. And he kind of looked at them and I'm kind of paraphrasing. He says, boy, you must be the people. You must be it. You must have all wisdom. But you know what? They were wrong. They were dead wrong. Sometimes when we think we've got all the right answers, you don't. And sometimes when we think that, that we're, we're the ones that got the right solution, it's not. Don't get too wise in your own estimation. And first and foremost, my first inclination now is this. If you've got your idea and I've got my idea, I've been smart enough to know that my idea most of the time is wrong. That's the way I look at it. Uh, I've just realized that usually my ideas, boy, they just don't work out as good. And whatever it is, we've got to love one another. Give preference to one another. Well, my idea may be better, but we're going to do yours anyway. It's kind of like husbands. It's kind of like how we do with our wives. We may know better, but it's yes, dear. <laughs> whatever you want, yes, dear. We may think we, got, we know better. We may think we're wiser guys, but... Yes, dear. Yes, dear. That's how we need to do with our brothers. So I have a lot of problems. I think I got, but we'll try it your way. We've got to to love our brothers, love one another. I'll get, uh, as uh, he says here in uh, Philippians 2, um, nothing from selfishness, empty conceit, With humility, regard one another as more important than yourselves. And then finally, man, what a beautiful thing it is. The psalmist knew it long ago. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Just nothing like it. Come here and see this group of people, what you've gone through. And to know the, and to see you united here together, Enterprise Boulevard strong, loving one another, just doing whatever you can to, to get to this building, doing whatever you can to get through the week and, and to be here to worship together. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. I'm honored to be with you today. I really am. And thank you for allowing me to come. Do we have invitations on you're here today and maybe you don't have something right with a brother you know jesus said if you, if you bring your gift to the altar and you realize up, oh, i got an issue with a brother so-and-so he said first go and make that right you need to make that right today privately go do that if there's anything that you need our prayers for or anything that you need to do publicly uh, let's do that together now while we stand and while we sing